What a privilege, what a joy to come today and bring the word of the Lord to you. It's been a while. I want to appreciate every man and woman of God that's just stood here and really poured out. Thank you guys. You guys are amazing. Every one of you just so grateful to you, so thankful to you. We have just the best, don't we? Well, I'm a little biased, but uh, I just, I know we do. We're just so grateful to God for dedicated, true servants of the Lord. I mean, these are true servants of the Lord, and thank you so much for just giving so generously. But today, it's my turn. Today, I get to preach. Woohoo! Man, I miss you guys. I, I just, I just so excited. I'm so thrilled. And it's a joy. It's a blessing. You look so good. Boy, I've missed seeing you. I miss seeing your faces and uh, just your eyes. I can't see much else. Ears and eyes is about all I can see. But I believe behind those masks, there's tremendous, tremendous smiles and blessings. You're just so excited to be in the presence of the Lord. And we, we just give Him glory. Let's read together from the second book. Our second chapter of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 46 and 47. Let's read together. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. These two passages of Scripture for us here at Nairobi Lighthouse Church are incredibly special. And uh, we're going to read them again, all right? And we're going to read them with some excitement and some enthusiasm. As you're about to see, we have really just, our whole church life so much has been formed around these two passages of, of Scripture. Let's read again. Every day, out loud please, every day, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They all ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Tell somebody, get ready. Are you ready for this? Come on. Just somebody, are you ready for this? Thank you, guys. Love you. Be seated, please. In verse 46 of this second chapter of Acts, we learn from this one amazing passage how the New Testament early church was established and how it was not established. One passage, verse 46, tells us how the early church, the New Testament church, was established and how it wasn't. It says they devoted themselves, verse 46, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and they broke bread from house to house. First, it was not established by building a new temple. It was not established. This church that shook the world, this church that shook, first of all, the city 
of Jerusalem and then the world eventually was not established by building a new temple. Rather, it was built upon a community of believers. Everybody say community of believers. This church was built upon a community of believers that met both in large gatherings and in houses. They met in large gatherings in the temple and in houses. The Living Bible makes it even clearer, verse 46. They worshiped at the temple each day. They met in small groups in homes. They worshiped at the temple. They met in small groups, or they met house to house. So we have the temple, and we have house to house. Large gatherings in the temple, and then small groups, house to house. This is what we call the two-winged church. The temple, one wing, house to house, the small group, the other wing, giving it the balance, giving it the stability, giving it the ability to rise. Takes two wings. Rise. We'll be breaking that down more. As the 3,000 or more believers who were born again on the day of Pentecost, as they gathered in the temple, and then they moved house to house, breaking bread, worshiping God, and praying, verse 47 gives us the results. Every day, the Lord added to them those who were being saved every day. Every day. As they gathered in the temple, then they moved large gatherings in the temple, then small groups, house to house, breaking bread, worshiping God, and praying every day. Verse 47 says, the Lord added to them those who were being saved. There is such an excitement in my heart today. There is such an excitement. I'm going to be breaking down some things today, beginning today. We're not going to finish. That is just absolutely so dear. It's the very core center of, of, of our lives, of our hearts. There's such expectation in my heart, as I seek with God's help, and I've been praying much for God's help to impart truths to you in this series. We're beginning a new series today, and as I seek with the help of the Holy Spirit to impart truths, these truths that we're going to give you have literally transformed our lives and the life of this church. So get ready. Today we begin a new series, Renewing Our Cell Life. Renewing Our Cell Life. For a number of us, much of this will be a review. Much of this will be a review, but I've learned something. Review is a great key to renewal. Review is a great key. It really is. In the book of Deuteronomy, let me give you just one example. The Bible says in verse 5, 
of Deuteronomy chapter 1 that Moses stood before the whole nation of Israel and he began to review. Look at this. Moses began, as he's standing before the entire nation, he began to review God's teachings. This is what he said. At Mount Horeb, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. Break camp and get ready. I'm giving you this land. Enter and take possession of the land. Come on. The book of Deuteronomy actually is an, that entire book is a book of review. And it begins by saying, you've stayed at this mountain long enough. Break camp and get ready. I'm giving you this land. Enter and take possession. You see, the review that Moses gave was to renew their passion, to break camp, to go in and take the land. And I'm believing for the same in this series of messages that we began, renewing our small group, our cell group life, renewing our cell life. I'm believing for God to do the same. So for some, this will be a review. For others, this series will present new insights. Regardless of the category you may be in, whether it's a review or whether it's new material, it's time, church. Come on, it's time. It's time to break camp. Come on, we have stayed at this mountain long enough. God wants to impart a fresh into our hearts the spirit of cells, the spirit of family, a fresh and a new. He wants to rekindle our passion to fulfill our purpose within our small group. We're going to be getting ourselves so focused and so connected and reconnected into the heart of this house and what God wants to do in us and with us and through us. And it's exciting. To begin, I want to recall a scripture and a few thoughts that Pastor Kevin shared in the just concluded series, Renewed for More. Wasn't that a good series? Come on, the first series for the man. Boy, I don't think they really liked it. It's about four or five people that clapped. Come on, can we really appreciate? <laughs> you did a great job. Rebecca brought a great word. Miss Rebecca, Pastor John. Boy, you guys, you just, y'all threw it down. I had to just get myself in shape to even come up here. Thank you so much. Renewed for more. Pastor Kevin took us last week to John 15, verse 1. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so that it will bear even more. Come on, renewed for more. Bear even more. Now, Pastor Kevin told us the following. Listen carefully. I'm just going to touch on a few things. He said, we are the branches in this in this." in this parable, in this teaching, rather, of Jesus. We are the branches. He said, we are the focus of the Father's attention. We are the focus. Every branch in me that doesn't bear grapes, he prunes it. So we are the focus of the Father's attention. He said, we 
are of such great value to the Father. We are of great value because we have the ability to produce. Boy, that's a great thought. We have the ability to produce, and we're of great value. Then he said, God is counting on us to produce for him. He has nobody else. It's us. Tell somebody you're it. And then he finished with this, or he said this, and this is the last one I want. God comes to remove what keeps us from bearing fruit, bearing fruit. And when he said those two words, bearing fruit, I, I, I kind of shut everything else out, and I begin to just meditate on bearing fruit. And so I, I wanna, I, that's where I want to begin today in this series, Renewing Our Cell Life. I want to talk about this bearing fruit and fruitfulness. Take it a little bit further. Luke chapter 6, verse 43, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by the kind of fruit it produces. Figs never grow on thorn bushes or grapes on bramble bushes. Verse 45, a good person produces good deeds from a good heart. And an evil person produces evil deeds from an evil heart. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. These are the words of Jesus. And in this passage, Jesus talks about several times he uses the word fruit. He talks about bad fruit, good fruit. He talks about the fruit that comes forth from our hearts. In the New Testament, the word fruit appears 58 times. This is in the King James Bible. I don't know how many other times in other versions, but the word fruit appears 58 times, of which Jesus, in the New Testament, Jesus used that word 35 times. Out of the 58 appearances of the word fruit, Jesus used it 35 times. That's 65% of the usage of the word fruit came from the lips of Jesus. And that reveals to us that, as Jesus said, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. And as I realized, as I thought about that, I realized, and this is the first foundational truth that I want to present to us for the renewing of our cell life. Number one, God desires his people to be fruitful. Jesus said, whatever is in the mouth or in the heart comes forth from the mouth. What was in the heart of Jesus? Jesus has a great desire for his people, his followers to be fruitful. God has a desire time and again as we go through the New Testament and we read of Jesus' life, he spoke to those following him about being fruitful over and again. In fact, he gave the disciples their mission. Look at this. The mission of the disciples is in, again, John chapter 15 and verse 16, a scripture we looked at in Renewed for More. When he told the 12, he said, you did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, fruit that will last. 
Abide, remember? Remain. Fruit that will last. This is their mission. Jesus is giving them their mission. I've chosen you. Not only that, I've appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit will last. It will remain so that the Father, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Boy, we like that part of the verse. You'll give me whatever I ask for using your name. But wait a minute, let's keep it in context. Whatever you require in this fruit-bearing process, ask for it in my name because that's what's in my heart. I want to see you bear fruit. More than anything, I want to see my, I want you fruitful. I want you producing. So whatever you need to produce, use my name in asking the Father. I empower you with my name, buddy. We're talking Jesus here. Empowering you with his name. For what purpose? To produce. To bear fruit. Whatever you need. Are you afraid? Are you afraid of opening your mouth and talking to somebody who's sitting beside you? Ask in my name. And you can overcome that fear. Come on, I'll drive that fear out of you. Whatever you need. Woohoo! Now look at verse 8 of John 15. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, we need to fly. Notice this phrase, showing yourselves to be my disciples by bearing much fruit. Now let's connect this with verse 44 of Luke 6, which says a tree is identified by the kind of fruit it produces. A tree is identified by the kind of fruit it produces. Write this down. This is, the, this is really such a foundational truth for the renewing of our cell life. My identity in God is connected to my being fruitful. My identity in God is connected to my being fruitful. When we get to heaven, you and I will not be identified as the greatest hand clapper in the church. When you and I get to heaven, we'll not be identified as the greatest dancer. Although we have dancers that are coming this afternoon. Please come, we need the dancers. But we're not going to be identified with how much we shouted in church. And here's why. From the time of man's creation, God has had a vision. God has had a dream. From the time. Now, if you, if, you've, if you hang around Nairobi Lighthouse Church for any length of time, what I'm about to tell you is a foundational, it's like a foundational pillar in Nairobi Lighthouse Church because of this right here. From the time of man's creation, God has had a vision God has had a dream, and his dream is that the earth be filled with his sons and his daughters. And we know this because of the very first command that God ever gave man. Guys, you got to hear this. The very first words out of God's mouth 
to man, his creation, is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. And the first two words God ever said to man are these, be fruitful. He said it to man in man's unfallen condition. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Why was man told to be fruitful and multiply? Because God created man and man in his unfallen condition. This is what God desired, that the earth be filled. That the earth be filled. Multiply, buddy. Multiply. Get with the program. Multiply so that the earth will be filled with sons and daughters. God's dream has never changed. He wants more sons. He wants more daughters. He wants us to multiply. He wants us to be fruitful. So in identifying ourselves with our Father's dream, we at Nairobi Lighthouse Church, in identifying ourselves with the Father's dream, we seek to center our lives in this church around this commission, and that is win souls and make disciples. If you, if you are, are planted in this house, if you're part of this house, this right here, win souls and make disciples, this is our commission. This is what we're all about. I want everybody to say it with me. Wins. Come on, say it again. This is what we have focused our hearts on and center our lives and our all that we do around for this one thing, win, winning souls and making disciples. Because church producing fruit by winning souls and making disciples helps to make God's dream become a reality. Jesus is not coming back again to go and evangelize the earth. Jesus will return on a white horse to receive his bride, to receive into those that know him. He, he's, he's looking to us to produce. And as we do, it makes God's dream become a reality. The emphasis in, in, in Luke 6.44 is placed on bringing forth the type of fruit that God has destined me to produce. The type of fruit. What type of fruit? Well, it's contained back in Genesis chapter 1, right from the very beginning. We are, we, it's contained in the word multiply. And I owe my, my, my wife, Miss Amy, she dug this, this meaning out. She spent quite some time. She connected with and got this meaning of the word multiply. Thank you, babe. The word multiply. Again, if you're around NLC, this is, this is going to be a review for you. But listen up, everybody. The word multiply means to grow a great man. To grow a great man. Be fruitful and grow great men. Now, when we say men, we're speaking of men and women. We're just using men in the generic term. To grow a great man. Concerning John the Baptist, the angel told Zechariah in Luke 1.15, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. A few verses later, he the angel Gabriel told Mary, the mother of Jesus, in verse 40, 42, or 32, he will be great and will be called the Son 
of the highest, speaking of Jesus, John the Baptist, great, Jesus, very great, great men. This is the type of fruit that God desires from you and me. Great men. And I just want to proclaim I'm speaking to great men and great women here today. And you're rising up by the Holy Ghost to take this afresh and for God to renew us and for God to do something supernatural in the midst of Nairobi Lighthouse Church. Now, a great man. What makes a man great? Lots of money, lots of prestige, lots of cars and houses and lots of um, influence. Does that make a man great? Well, those are good things. They're not bad things. They can become bad. But what makes a great man? A great man is a man that has been won to Jesus and discipled. Winning souls and making disciples. Winning souls. It's not enough to win souls. Once you have the new baby, you got to start discipling. You got to start caring for. You got to start raising up. So a great man is a man, listen, that has been won and discipled who goes forth to win and disciple others. That's the greatness right there. And that's what we're all about right here in NLC. And that's what God is renewing in this house and in our hearts. Over the next weeks, I want you to come in faith. I want you to get ready in Jesus' name for God to do something new and, 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 and do it again, Jesus. Come on. Andy Stanley said it this way, your greatest contribution in life may not be in what you do, but in who you raise up. Your greatest contribution in life may not be in what you do, but in who you raise up. Now, let me finish my first closing. In Luke chapter 13, verse 6, Jesus used this illustration. Who used it? Jesus, the head of the church, huh? He used this illustration. A man planted a fig tree in his garden, and he came again and again. To see if there was any fruit on it. But was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's taking up space we can use for something else. The gardener answered, give it one more chance. Give it one more chance. Leave it another year. Leave it another year and I'll give special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, you can cut it down. Now, in this parable, the man, it says a man planted a fig tree. The man is God. In this parable, you need to understand the man is God. The gardener is Christ. The tree itself is you and I, God's people. And this is the third and final foundational truth I want to leave with us today. 
Christ expects his disciples to be fruitful. As he patiently tends to every requirement for fruitfulness. It's not only a desire. Yes, God desires that his people be fruitful, but it goes further than that. Christ expects his disciples. He comes looking again and again. He expects his disciples to be fruitful. And he tends, he patiently tends or cares for, giving special attention to every requirement that is necessary for you and I to bear fruit. That's why he sent the Holy Ghost. He sent the Holy Spirit to tend to us and care for us and work with us. For what purpose? To make us feel good? No, to make us fruitful. Now listen, I want you to notice where the fig tree is planted. This is a little Bible lesson. You may have realized this before, but for some you may not have. Notice where the fig tree is planted. It's planted in a vineyard. It says a man planted a fig tree in his garden. What's the garden of God? The garden of God is the church. We, the church. That's his garden. Now, notice where this fig tree is planted. It's planted in a vineyard or a garden. And this is interesting. This is very interesting because fig trees were not planted in vineyards. In Jesus' day, fig trees were not planted in vineyards. Every fig tree we find in Scripture, we find it on its own. Matthew chapter 21, verse 19, just one example. Jesus saw a fig tree by the way or on the, by the side of the road. Fig trees were not planted in vineyards, but this one was. The man put this tree into the vineyard for what purpose? For better soil, richer soil. Soil that had been fertilized, soil that had been cared for, soil that had been looked after. Not just some, by the way, but soil that had been properly tended. He planted it there. That's the church. That's the church. Listen. It was deliberately planted in a spot selected for its fertility. It was deliberately planted in a spot separated from the surrounding fields. It was cultivated with special care. For what purpose? For more fruit. That it might bear fruit. If God by His Spirit has planted you in Nairobi Lighthouse Church, I'm talking to the homeboys and homegirls. If God, if you're here today and you know God has planted you in Nairobi Lighthouse Church, I want you to hear it from me. Listen to me. Everything that we do, everything that we do. In this church, everything we do is for your enrichment. Everything we do is for your enrichment. It's caring for you. Everything. Everything we do in this house 
all of my pastor, all of our staff, everything we do in this house is for your strengthening that your roots may go down deeper. We care for the soil because we care for you. We cultivate the soil. We stay on our knees to pray. We cry out to God for you. We do everything we know. We study for you. We pray for you. We seek to get you growing, producing. We seek that, that your roots may go down deep into this rich soil. We're not playing games here. We're not trying to come together so everybody can feel good and have have a nice time. Thank God. We enjoy the nice times, but we're here to impart to you, to invest in you. The hopes of this city are on your shoulder. Greater things will be done in this city. The hopes of this city is not based on me preaching another message and a good message that's going to shake this city. No, the hopes of our city is on your shoulders going into your community with your roots down deep and you're healthy and you're winning souls and you're making disciples. Give Jesus praise. Everything we do is to train you for fruitfulness. Train you for fruitfulness. Not that you can feel, ooh, I feel, I feel something good. That's great. But we want to train you. After the feeling goes, get into insight. Start learning. Come on, let God renew our cell life by renewing our hunger. To be fruitful. Finally, notice that the man who owned the vineyard, who planted the fig tree in the church, in the house, in the, in the vineyard, he came. He didn't send anybody. He came again and again. He came Again and again. And each time he came, he was disappointed. What disappointed him? Was it that the tree had not grown? Oh no, it had grown well. It had grown so well that it had to be cut down. Not just pulled out. That tree had grown so well that the gardener says, I'll cut it down. To cut a tree down means that it's grown. It's a pretty good-sized tree. But it had not produced no fruit. The source of his disappointment. Everybody stand, please. Everybody stand. I need you up, please. In fact, we need to be standing on this one. <laughs> Look at me. The source of his disappointment was that after all the tree had received, after all the time the tree had been in the garden, after all the care, all the provision, 
it had been given, it bore no fruit. Hands up, please. Everybody, hands up. Holy Spirit, I want to be fruitful. You've planted me. If you're a member of this church, come on, you can pray this prayer. Lord, you've planted me in this house. I have been cared for. I have been looked after. Now renew in me. Renew in me a passion. Renew in me a heart to produce. God, I've been so, even as we saw last week and the week before, I've been so consumed and caught up, especially in this season, God. I've been so consumed and caught up. I've been, I've maybe even uprooted myself. I've I've moved away from my small group. I, I need you. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you. Come, come, come. Thank you for this garden you've placed me in. Thank you for all that I I have received here, God. Now, Father, help me. Even in this series, Lord, as I keep my heart open, I'm ready to be renewed. But ready to be renewed. And for those who are receiving this for the first time, Lord, let the the Spirit of God take it and just impart it into our hearts. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name.